From the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's the second hour of Sports Talk here on News Talk 1493.9 FM, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to our number two of Monday Night Sports Talk. We're with you, as always, until 6 o'clock here at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Matt Daniels is here. Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, Ed Bond, yours truly. Our scheduled guest tonight, Shauna Green, had a better offer, so she's not going to join us. She is on the way to South Bend, Indiana. She was scheduled to be with us to uh, talk about her season and the NCAA tournament coming up. But uh, the way things uh, shook out, she uh, her team is playing on Wednesday night in South Bend, so they're on the way over there if they haven't gotten there already. So she will not be able to join us. So you're going to listen to some basketball talk with uh, the esteemed scribes of the uh, News Gazette. Matt, how you doing, man? Good. You, uh, you elevate this show, Steve. So uh, thanks for... For bringing bringing us up, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a fun time of year. Uh, plenty of brackets going about, and uh, unheard of time too in, in Champaign Urbana. The first time in in twenty years, you've got both the uh, Illinois men's basketball team and women's basketball team uh, in the NCAA tournament. We'll have full coverage uh, all week. Uh, Joe Vizelli Jr., our, our Illinois women's basketball beat writer, is leaving early tomorrow morning to head up to, to South Bend, Indiana, and then Scott Ritchie sitting to my left here is uh, going to leave tomorrow afternoon and head to the capital city of Iowa. So it worked out well from a travel standpoint for us, no complaints there, and the timing of the games too. You know, uh, Men play Arkansas at 3.30 on Thursday and the women 6 p.m. against Mississippi State on Wednesday night, and if Illinois can get past Mississippi State on, on Wednesday night, they play Creighton at 5 p.m. Friday again in South Bend. So, uh, yeah, it's shaping up to be uh, an eventful uh, eventful week and uh, a busy one for sure. Scott, have you ever been to Des Moines? I have, I have stopped overnight one time on my way somewhere else, and I've driven past it a few times on the way to Nebraska. But uh, this will be my first extended stay in Des Moines. Uh, maybe it wasn't at the top of my list as far as, like, destination cities go. Uh, Denver would have been... On that one, um, well, you could you could go through Des Moines on the way to Denver too. So that yeah, uh, would not have driven to Denver. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think you know, as far as uh, the geography goes, Illinois should have. Would imagine Illinois having a pretty good contingent of fans, um, just like Kansas will. Um, and Arkansas will probably have quite a few there as well. So uh, Texas, I mean, it's not too far, I guess. But uh, uh, just it's shaping up to be an interesting little pod there uh, of games uh who knows how any of them will go um i think that's pretty true kind of across the bracket though this year in your research uh since uh learning of the opponent what have you learned about uh, the razorbacks some similarities to the fighting Illini? well they're the same team essentially um they both have freshman guards uh they both have a transfer who's their leading scorer um they both do not shoot the three-point 
ball very well at all. I mean, two of the worst power conference teams in the country. They both have 20 wins. Both have 20 wins. Um, they both enter the NCAA tournament with zero momentum. Um, so it, it should make for an interesting matchup. Get excited, folks. <laughs> Well, it's just, I mean, that's almost what you always get in the 8-9 game because it's high major teams that have just not played well enough to get a higher seed. And uh, I think Arkansas has lost four of its last five. Illinois is four and six since the start of February. So uh, both teams are, have lots of potential. Um, Arkansas has two lottery picks on its roster, Nick Smith and Anthony Black, both freshman guards. Um, just neither team has really tapped into that potential, uh, you know, consistently this season. Can you remember a more, on paper, a more wide open NCAA tournament uh, going in? I mean, there's not really a clear team that you can uh, move on the way through. I, I don't. I don't think. Uh, no, I mean that's just, that's just been the case all year long across you know, college basketball. Um, I think maybe Alabama is playing the best right now um i i like houston and ucla but both teams have some injury questions that need to be answered um this week you know marcus sasser uh, at houston is an all-american and he you know, suffered a groin injury in the american athletic conference tournament missed the championship game which houston lost to memphis ucla lost jalen clark to a torn achilles and then Adim Bona missed the Pac-12 championship game, which UCLA lost with a shoulder injury. So there's questions there, but uh, maybe Alabama, they're healthy. Nobody else is suspended right now. So uh, we'll see kind of how it all shakes out. But uh, I like them. I like Marquette quite a bit out of the Big East. But, I mean, I don't know, flip a coin essentially for most of the matchups. When I saw the location, Bob, I thought of you. Des Moines, right. Iowa. I thought Bob will be there, and <laughs> be there in a heartbeat. But that's yeah. not the case, huh? I've been there. Actually, I've been in the, in the arena several years ago for the tournament. It's a nice place, really uh, tight, small arena. One of the smaller ones that hosted this weekend, and a really good place. Nice downtown there. So a lot of good stuff going on there. That's good food in Iowa, of course. But yeah, I'm going to Columbus instead. We decided. Family, that's where we're going. We're going to watch games in Columbus. It, it, it explain for people that aren't familiar with your, your weirdness. NCAA, no, your NCAA tournament uh, tradition right. that you, you tradition. Have. Thank you. Uh, since 2008, I believe was the first year. Hank and I, my son Hank and I, have gone to a first and second rise site every year, except for I had one year where I had a little heart surgery that kind of thwarted that. Actually, I think we went actually there, but we I came back and then had surgeries. But anyway, we've gone every year somewhere different. And Hank decided, and we both decided Columbus would be kind of cool. Not in, they don't play where our high state plays. They play in the nationwide arena where hockey plays. So it would be kind of fun. Do you get any work out of him? When oh, yeah. Okay. I'm working, oh, yeah. yes. I'm no, working. he is. Uh, yeah, we've got, uh, he's got a column uh, going tomorrow on uh, the potential for Illinois to, right. to play uh, Bill Self in, in Kansas on, on Saturday. Bob's all for that. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, Wednesday's News Gazette, we've got an NCAA tournament special section. Bob is hopefully done or started at least 60, Sorry, 68, get, reasons why you, 68 reasons why you love the NCAA tournament. It'll and be then, done. Uh, it'll be done. That's good. It's, it's coming out in Wednesday's paper. I, this is the status report I get right now live on the radio. Um, but, yeah, he'll be, and he'll be writing like his usual uh, buzzer beaters that he does after every Post game, Illinois yeah. game. So, yeah, he'll, be, he'll still be busy while watching – College basketball is a thing. And then next week, football. 
spring football starts Monday, so I just got to come back to that. Or you can, t- you know, maybe the Illinois is still playing, so you won't have time. I mean, I'm not opposed to taking a second trip to Las Vegas this season. So that's where I mean, that's where Illinois would go if they do make the Sweet 16. Um, you know, odds are maybe not in their favor, but you never know. That's why they play the games, right? Yeah, and we there's always upsets um, in the NCAA tournament. And how's your prediction record, by the way? Wow, two weeks in a row this came up. Twice today, because I got it on the podcast, too, Inside Illini Basketball, wherever you get your podcast. Um, it's not great. It would have been better if I would have been allowed to take Penn State last week in the Big Ten tournament. I'm a witness to this. He was <laughs> he was made to pick Illinois. And Jim Rosso still owes me $100 because of that. So Wow. And you are never seeing that Call, money. Calling him out on the radio. That's, You're never, that's that a bold move, never Cotton. Coming. So it wasn't you that made him pick it, huh, man? I kind of leaned that direction. But. And believe it or not, the beat writer who's seen Illinois lose to Penn State twice knew it was going to happen a third time. They, you know, they gave Penn State a game and it just uh, just couldn't handle booty ball. Yeah, that was a new word. When what uh, explain that? I, okay, I, so I'd never heard of that until the post game press conference. Yeah, um, last Thursday. Well, that's what Brad Underwood calls what Jalen Pickett does for Penn State, and I mean, there's. Uh, I understand where he's coming from because Pickett will start posting you up from 25 feet and just back you down. Booty ball. Not the first guy to ever do that. I no. go back and to Mar- Marco Guire way back. Yeah, and in college basketball you can do that because essentially you know, defenders, you know, you can't put an arm out and stop that because right. that will be a foul. It's in the NBA you can you know do that. But uh, so, you know, Underwood was a little perturbed, I think, that it beat them again. So he uh, called, it, you know, called it booty ball. Jalen Pickett was not a fan of that. Of that name, uh, I don't think I would be either. But what you know, Brad, I think, failed to mention was Illinois played booty ball with Kofi Coburn for three years. Like his post ups didn't last as long because he shouldn't have been dribbling. But <laughs> it was the same, essentially the same thing. Dylan Pickett should just say scoreboard every time they talk about that. You just say, look at the scores. Yeah. So were you surprised Rutgers didn't get in? Yes and no. I mean, I thought you know they had obviously had some good wins, but they had four quad three losses, including losing to Nebraska and Minnesota late in the year, and that's what kept them out. So, were you guys surprised that Illinois women had to uh, do a play-in game? I mean, a, a little bit, um, and the fact too is, I mean, the first four in, in the women's bracket just came about last year. Uh, I mean, before the twenty twenty two NCAA tournament. That wasn't a staple of, of the field. They just had 64 teams that didn't have the first four. I think if they would have – their non-conference schedule hurt them. And in a sense, too, it's, it's, it's strange because you look at Illinois women's basketball a year ago, coming off a 7-20 and 20 season, you have a coaching change, you've had decades and upon decades of, of inconsistent play. And I think what Shauna Green did in her first year was, was good from a scheduling standpoint because – None of us here, and Shauna Green probably herself, and I, and I know she said this before, no one would have predicted 22 wins in, in her first season, and that's an incredible turnaround that she's had. But you have to schedule your non-conference games, what kind of works in favor with your team. And, and I'm sure her objective was to get some early wins, build some confidence in her players, and see where that can take you. On the flip side of that is, is your strength of schedule is not all that 
not all that strong, and then you didn't have many kind of signature wins during the season. The Iowa win on New Year's Day, obviously a huge regular season victory for Illinois. Maybe it's safe to say if they don't beat the Hawkeyes here in I Champaign, right. maybe they're not going to the NCAA tournament. Right. I mean, they were the the last four te- one of the last four teams in. That's why they're playing the playing game on Wednesday night. Uh, I mean, they lost to Delaware around Thanksgiving. Delaware didn't have a good season at all. That's a, a low major team. Uh, so... <sighs> I think just the the overall body of work is, is very impressive here locally just because we've seen Illinois women's basketball struggle, but maybe from a national perspective, it didn't kind of have that, that solid resume that you would want. I don't think any of us thought they were necessarily on the bubble, but I think it was surprising to see them kind of slip in there as, as one of the last four teams in. Might serve as a as a motivator for the team. Exactly, and and I mean Mississippi State. Don't know a lot about him. It'll be interesting too. Corey Irvin, assistant coach on last year's Illinois team. She's now an assistant coach at Mississippi State. So there's a, a little connection there. Um, you know, Joe Vizelli Jr. knows this team better than anyone. Our beat writer, and he wrote in Sunday's paper that Creighton would be kind of an ideal first round matchup for Illinois. They're kind of similar to Illinois in the fact that they both shoot a lot of threes, uh, both defend the three-point shooting pretty well too. Uh, and then if they get can get past Creighton, I know the game would most likely be you know a road game at Notre Dame, but those two teams played already this year in a secret scrimmage that everyone knows about. And Illinois beat Notre Dame. So that, you know, could play to Illinois' advantage at all. But, uh, again, got to get past Mississippi State first on, on Wednesday night. It is 521 on hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk here at the Esquire. We're here until 6. Phone lines are open as well, 217-356-9397. If you have any questions or comments here at the Esquire, let us know. We'll get a microphone around to you. We'll take our first break and be back with some more basketball talk. We'll work in some football conversation as well and kind of recap the IHSA state tournament that was in town over the weekend. We're back with more after this on DWS. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. For the first time in 20 years, the Illini women in the NCAA tournament. Mike Kuhn has all the action coming up Wednesday night at 6 from South Bend against Mississippi State here on DWS. And we're back at the Esquire in downtown uh, Champaign, Monday night sports talk. Don't forget uh, the Esquire when you're thinking about lunch or dinner. They've got specials going uh, along every day of the week here at the Esquire on North Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Let's wrap up uh, a little bit, put a bow on the IHSA state tournament that was here over the weekend. Uh, you got four new state champions and... And it looked like the crowds were good and some pretty good basketball. A few blowouts, mm-hmm. but uh, some pretty good basketball overall. Yeah, I'd say year two back in uh, Champaign was a, another rousing success. And uh, it just uh, continues to uh, just show out with the, with the crowds. Uh, I know the HSA hasn't officially released attendance numbers. Uh, hopefully we get that number later this week, hopefully. But uh, Saturday night, I think, is kind of what the HSA was dreaming about when they when they brought the state tournaments back to, to Champaign to its rightful home, it never should have left in the first place, but that's a whole nother segment we can get into later. Um, but yeah, it, it helps when you've got a, a school like Metamora and, and a rabid fan base. Uh, I don't know any people that live in Metamora that were still in Metamora on Saturday evening. Um, and, and the fact too, that it was a great game that they played against Simeon there in, in class three a and, that's kind of a shift too with the IHSA because for for years 
4A has always been the creme de la creme since they went to the four class system in 2008 and 3A was kind of an afterthought but the first two years back in Champaign the the 3A state title games and the semifinal games too have been some of the best played basketball uh, I think back to last year with Sacred Heart Griffin beating Metamore on in double overtime on a buzzer beater and then this year Metamore needing overtime to to beat Simeon and then a pretty cool moment for Moline on uh, on Saturday night too, uh, for them to win their first state championship. And uh, the Maroons, coached by Sean Taylor, uh, Rantoul native, who still got family uh, in the area as well. So that's really, I'm sure, a, a cool moment for him. Uh, probably also too the last time that two Moline senior standouts and Brock Harding and Owen Freeman are going to get cheered inside State Farm Center. Uh, because they're they're going to Iowa, so I don't think the next time they show up to uh, to State Farm Center to play a competitive basketball game, they'll be greeted quite as nicely. Um, but yeah, Brock Harding put on a show. The the point guard from Olean and, and Owen Freeman was a steady force inside, and I think overall, uh, yeah, there are some some tweaks that I think have to be addressed. Uh, the third place games being on Thursday night and, and Friday night. I think Friday night the 4A third place game didn't tip off till about 9:15 and ended about 10:40 or so. Um, but I think what that's that final Saturday is what the IHSA envisioned when they went to just a, a one weekend setup is to have four state champions too. And I'd be remiss as well not to, you know, applaud the efforts of Colin Likas, Joey Wright, uh, Robin Schultz, our photo editor. They just they were so great with all their coverage. Colin and Joey put up 13, 14-hour days at State Farm Center, so uh, hopefully everyone was able to check out uh, the work in the News Gazette and also our special section to Jeff D'Alessio, our editor, came through with a huge project that I thought turned out well, looking at the back of the Grays, high school players, a lot of big names in the game I've seen, so I thought it all, from our end, from a coverage perspective, turned out great, and, and the crowds and, and the atmosphere seemed great on, on Saturday as well. I would just like to mention that Brock Harding is the new villain of the Illinois Iowa. Yeah, he had, some, he had some uh, interesting comments posted. Yeah, and, there, and it's a role that's going to be need, need to be filled. You know, Jordan Bohannon's gone. Connor McCaffrey will be gone after this year. So someone has to step in. And it seems like Brock, who grew up in the middle, like he's from the Quad Cities, and his older brother plays baseball for Illinois. Yeah, um, just does not care. <laughs> so, you know, had some pointed words maybe about the, that rivalry. So good, did, good what, to see it though. What do you have to say? I don't remember the. I don't paraphrasing here. I think he said something to the effect of, "You know, I I knew about the Illinois Iowa. I used to be, you know, on the Illinois side, but now I'm on the good side with Iowa." So he, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he was feeling himself. I'm sure after winning the state title. So anything he wanted to say, I'm sure was. I have a feeling if people remember that, uh, like a year from now, he's going to get the Paul Mulcahy treatment. Poor guy, yeah, from, the, poor the guy from Rutgers. Like, I wouldn't want to ever come back to Champaign. The, the Orange Crush does not have a short-term memory at all. They, I'm sure someone, I'm sure someone in that organization has filed those quotes away for use for, for next year when when Iowa visits Champaign. We do have the phone lines open. Let's uh, take a call. Carl is with us on the line. Hey, Carl. Guys, uh, what I want to make sure doesn't happen with all the basketball talk we have is that. Uh, Illinois had a national champion in the uh, women's track yesterday with Olivia Howell. I believe is her correct name, but could be mistaken about that. Yes, she won the uh, indoor mile national championship. So, I 
I was afraid that that would get lost with everything else going on. So I thought, so I thought I ought to mention that. Well, also, thank you. in my opinion, in my opinion, the NCAA men's side uh, didn't do right by the seeding for Illinois because uh, uh, the men, I mean, the women play Mississippi State. Uh, the football team played Mississippi State, so uh, the men should have been scheduled against Mississippi State. That way, we would have had a trilogy there. But anyway, yeah, I anyway, mean, they, you got the you night. got the Brett Bielema matchup on the men's side with Illinois, Arkansas. So uh, a lot of Big Ten SEC ties. He's probably up. not. He's probably not bringing that up this week. I'm guessing. There's probably not a lot of people in Arkansas. He's like, I can't wait to see Joe Smith or whatever. It's true. I mean, Barry Lenny Jr., too, offensive coordinator, Arkansas grad. Yeah, legend in Arkansas. Well, it's also the matchup that we should have gotten a year ago in Kansas City at the, the Hall of Fame tip-off, tip-off classic. I could, it's one of those names, but uh, Illinois lost to Cincinnati in the first day and lost very uh, badly. And robbed everyone of a top 25 matchup. Now, neither team's ranked, and we'll see what happens. Carl, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, Olivia Howell had an incredible moment on on Saturday afternoon, and, uh, yeah, it it unfortunately does kind of get overshadowed with all the the basketball conversation this time of year, too. But, I mean, winning a a national championship is is no small feat, and uh, she's already, you know, left her distinguished mark at Illinois even before this season. I mean, two-time News Gazette, Female Athlete of the Year, I think speaks for itself. Will be three times. Most likely three times as well, especially because she's got the outdoor season coming up. But uh, for her to, uh, I mean, run a four four minutes, 34 seconds, I think, uh, it probably takes me about four minutes, 34 seconds to walk from the bar to the, uh, from here, the Esquire, out the exit door here. So for her to run a mile that fast is just mind-blowing. But, uh, yeah, it just speaks to the, the athletes that Illinois has, and I'm sure a lot more folks will be paying attention to her in, in the spring when, when the outdoor season rolls around for sure. She is very cool and very smart and very in- interesting and kind of perfect person to have a, represent a school. really is a good person and obviously a great athlete. Before we get totally away from the IHSA talk, you mentioned uh, Sean Taylor. Another coach with a uh, tie to the area is uh, Jason Welch, mm-hmm. Bloomington Central Catholic, a native of Philo, mm-hmm. a gra- uh, graduate of Tolono Unity, has a state championship, and now yep. he has a second-place trophy, but uh, a good week for them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bloomington Central Catholic uh, plays in, in the Illini Prayer Conference, which uh, if you talk to coaches in that conference, which is spread out from – you know, St. Joe all the way up to Chillicothe. Uh, they think it's the best two-way boys basketball conference in the, in the state. And, and Bloomington Central Catholic kind of took its lumps earlier this year, but uh, turned it on right at, at the postseason time. And uh, they got a great player in, in Cole Serta, a 6'5 junior guard, uh, who's got deep, deep three-point shooting ability. And Brad Underwood and Jeff Alexander were in attendance Saturday afternoon for that state title game. I know it didn't end the way that Serta and his teammates wanted to, but uh, just an incredible season for, for Coach Welch and this program, too. And he knows the area well because uh, they had the opportunity on, on Thursday after their semifinal game to just head back to Bloomington, stay the night there. But he wanted his team to get the whole <coughs> state tournament experience, too. So they went to the ribeye on Thursday night and then t- uh, t- checked out some games on Friday, day, Friday, 3A, 4A games. And 
I, I think that's important too, not only what you accomplish on the court, but just the memories that you make and, and this, this run and, and lead up to Champaign. Uh, but yeah, it just uh, speaks to the, the successful program that he's built up over at BCC throughout you, the years. You mentioned uh, his junior player, Cole Surtz, another uh, local human interest story is that of uh, Phoenix Gill, Kendall Gill's son, who had two good games, scored 21 and 19 in two games. Turned out they were two losses, but... Uh, and he was here last year with St. Ignatius, did not play. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just the, the leaps and bounds that, that he's made. And uh, for a lot of Illinois fans, that, that's pretty exciting to see, I'm sure. And uh, it's pretty cool as well, just looking back at some of the photos uh, of Phoenix as a young child going to his dad's golf outing every summer to, to the player he's become now. And uh, didn't play hardly at all as a freshman at St. Ignatius and then went, entered his sophomore season with uh, elevated expectations especially getting an Illinois offer last summer that really heightens uh, the eyeballs that are on you. And, and he delivered in his two games uh, here in Champaign, really kept St. Ignatius in the game against Simeon in, in the first half and then put up another solid performance in, in the 3A game. And uh, I know Kendall Gill, I believe, talked to Michael O'Brien from the Sun-Times. And it was kind of refreshing to hear some of his comments, too, because he said Phoenix is going gonna to take a month off, uh, not really worry about AAU basketball, which is – unheard of in today's world at all but uh really refreshing to hear and i mean his his potential is just leaps and bounds uh i'm sure his dad can sell him really well on the university of illinois and uh be very eager to see how his recruitment takes off from here i don't know if he'll ever play aau ball i know he has not yet he didn't play uh, last season at aau and kendall had told us a few times that uh, that's not really on their radar they want to give him a, a little break as you said now they're going to go out and play golf a little bit exactly got to sharpen up the game before exactly. the the outing comes back in, <laughs> in mid-july down in savoy that's right so that uh, overall pretty good uh, week for the uh, for the high school situation and it'll be nice to hear some comments from the ihsa folks at some point yeah no i i, I think Again, the the contract, I believe it, it technically ends after the 2024 tournament in Champaign because it's just a three-year contract. Obviously, that was awarded sometime in 2020. That year kind of blurs together with everything that, that went on. But uh, 2021 was the first year, and, and Colin Likas, our preps coordinator, had a one-on-one -on -one interview with Craig Anderson leading up to the tournament we ran in our special section. And I think it's just a foregone conclusion that it's going to return to Champaign and they're going to extend the contract whenever that date comes up and the HSA board of directors has to decide uh, I mean it never should have left Champaign in the first place in the mid 1990s and uh, just seeing it come back to Champaign I think is really kind of renewed interest in the tournament that was lagging for a number of years in Peoria so the first two years to have it have such a successful turnout with the fans in attendance at State Farm Center but also just some high quality basketball I think is nothing but uh, nothing but positive signs moving forward. All right, Scott Ritchie, I'm going to put you on the spot here. For all these folks are thinking about their brackets, and they want to know which Illinois team is going to show up <laughs> on uh, Thursday afternoon. I mean, I don't know. I don't think the players know. I don't think Brad Underwood knows. Um, you know, he has, over the last couple of weeks, been – he's got to put the positivity out there. You know, he has to say that, oh, this team's playing you know, the best basketball it's played all year. In spurts. Sure, um, but like uh, I think, sort of managing this season might be one of his more difficult, you know, coaching jobs. Uh, has been easy, but uh, I mean, there's the potentials there. Uh, you know, you know, you think back to last summer and you know the roster had kind of come together. Terrence Shannon was on his way. Matthew Meyer was on his way. Is like, 
it was a team a lot of national college basketball media were talking about like Illinois could make the final four with this roster. Um, it was weird. I saw you fill out your bracket today, and you just kept moving Illinois further and further down in, in the bracket. I think I think you just want to spend the weekend in Houston in April for the final four. I mean, Houston, it's not my, like, wouldn't be my first choice for a final it four Would it be above Des Moines? Maybe. Watch what you say. <laughs> <laughs> I saw lots of Iowa people listening to this show. I, it's just, At least five. I don't think Illinois has, I mean, it certainly has not lived up to that final four potential now could that happen sure because this has been a crazy college basketball season but i mean it's going to take illinois actually playing its best basketball for 40 minutes maybe 80 minutes uh if you you know you had to win two games to get this week 16 um six wins in a row is a lot and um hasn't happened maybe once this year they won six games in a row um it's tough so we'll see. Nobody looks better right now to me than Texas, and Illinois beat Texas. That's all. That was a long There's time Bob's ago. There's Bob's logic for a national Iowa. championship a coming to Illinois. Transitive property. <laughs> a long time ago. I, I get that. They, but they did play. Illinois won the game. Texas, I watched Texas this weekend in the Big 12. They just looked fantastic. They had a lot of things going for them right. They got a good draw. So I, I, I think anything's possible. I think Illinois is going to win the first game. Well, I, I think for Illinois to extend their stay past Thursdays, I think they have to just value every possession that they have. They, they can't just – I mean, you think back – Shoot to, terrible threes. Exactly. I'll, just, I'll yeah. just say it. <laughs> like one possession from the Penn State game last Thursday night kind of sticks out in my mind. I think Penn State – it was midway through the first half. Penn State was up either 8 or 10. They'd just gone up as like 27-17 and, and – Matthew Meyer just comes down and looks like he's playing pickup ball at the arc and just chucks a three from the corner like a fadeaway tough shot and it's like what are you doing like that's that's not a good shot um, so they just really have to maximize every possession that they they have uh, as we've seen with this Illinois team I mean Terrence Shannon Jr. did it in Las Vegas against UCLA he shoots out of his mind Matthew Meyer's capable of doing that um, Arkansas does have talent. They've got a very talented backcourt, and I think that can cause Illinois some some issues. But again, they just they they have to just play a solid forty minute game where they limit their mistakes. They limit their just moments where you're just watching and you're kind of going, "What are they doing?" And it just that adds up very quickly, and, and that's led to just such a such a weird season for Illinois this year. I think. We will have more for you at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. It's 542. We're here until 6 o'clock. We'll take a break and be back with more after this. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Join us tonight for a Brad Underwood show along with Shauna Green. We'll preview the Illini men and women in the upcoming NCAA tournament. Tonight, 7 to 8, right here on DWS. Back with you at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Steve Kelly along with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, Ed Bond is our engineer, Tamara McDaniel helping us out at the studio this evening. As usual, we'll be here until 6 o'clock. There is a Brad Underwood show tonight at 7 that uh, was taped. Uh, the interviews were taped a little bit earlier today because both coaches are getting set for their tournament games. But Shauna Green will be on also with Brad Underwood and Brian Barnhart coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. Another thing to keep an eye on, not like you don't have enough, Scott Ritchie, is the transfer portal. 
Were we knocking on the door of 300 people in that already? Uh, more than 300, and it officially opened today. Yeah. So uh, well on the way to maybe 2,000 this time. I think uh, last year was a, around 1,700, 1,800 transfers total, and obviously not all of them found a, a new home. Certainly not all at the Division One level. Um, what do they do if they don't find a new home? Do they just stay in the portal? Uh, you disappear in the portal? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and that's like the one thing that I think probably has to be addressed is like these – obviously, I mean, it's the player's choice most of the time. I mean, it's some outside influences. And to, their entourage. Yeah, to, to enter the portal. But like they're giving up a scholarship, giving and hoping that they'll get another one. But if they don't, like – their co- like their college careers, not just for sports, are, are done. Um, so I think that's if the NCAA actually cared about student athletes, I think that would be a wow. maybe a primary talking point. They don't. They care about money. How else do you? What else? Other, what other hot button topics do you feel this passionate about? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Probably lots, but we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Des Moines, uh, Iowa. Um, I'm open minded about Des Moines. Okay. Right. Started, started to look for you know interesting restaurants to eat okay. at. Um, but uh, there is one Illinois player in the portal, uh, Sky Clark. Obviously, hasn't been with the team since January, so this was going to happen, but couldn't happen until today. Um, apparently, already has a visit scheduled to Louisville. Um, Arkansas has you know, is dipping its toes in the Sky Clark waters, but uh, we'll do see what do happens. Do they just want a scouting report for Thursday's game? <laughs> um, I mean, there's film of 32 Illinois basketball games. I think you could probably have a pretty good idea who they are at this point. But um, I guess Sky Clark, I don't know what he's looking for, but if it's playing time and the ability to do whatever he wants, go to Louisville, they're a disaster. So they won four games this year in Kenny Payne's first season. Um, So, And I guess with Aaron McKee getting fired from Temple, Patrick Ewing getting fired from Georgetown, it does not pay to go back to your alma mater. Chris Mullen got fired at St. John's. Okay, there's a list. So yeah. it's working for Penny Hardaway so far at Memphis, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, the, the portal's just starting. Um, Illinois will have interest, um, probably anywhere between one to four open scholarships this offseason, because there's only one player that can't come back as Matthew Meyer. Everybody else could if they wanted to. Will they? No because it's 2023 and that's not how it works. But um, front court help is probably the main priority eventually. Brad Underwood said yesterday that he hasn't spent two seconds thinking about it. So he's maybe spent one. And that one, apparently, Illinois has reached out to uh, Towson grad transfer. I guess he'd have to be a grad transfer. He's been in college for more than half a decade. Uh, Nick Timberlake, he's a 6'4 guard, uh, can shoot the ball. Uh, 41% three-point shooter this year, so he only has, I think, like 25 different schools that are interested already. Well, Brad may have not spent one second thinking about it, but he has people that have. Well, he has a son son. whose (laughs) job (laughs) includes waking up every morning and looking to see who's in the transfer portal. And And what makes it difficult, not only for Brad Underwood, but for all coaches, you don't know what's going to happen with the guys you've got on your roster now. What they're going to do, you can't you can't actually replace somebody that hasn't left if, if you're looking at uh, similar kind of players, so it makes it tricky. Yeah, so I mean, Illinois is going to have to wait on any potential transfer decisions from its current roster. And then also for Terrence Shannon, 
Coleman Hawkins to make up their mind if you know they're going to turn pro because both are projected right now, at least by some, as you know mid early to mid second round picks in the the 2023 NBA draft. So um, it'll be uh, another long spring, and that's just not for Illinois. I mean, that's just across the board. You looking forward to that, Scotty? Obviously, it's my favorite time of the year. <laughs> Sarcasm strong there. No. <laughs> You're right. A, a fascinating angle to all of this would be somebody to really dig in and keep track of the people that didn't you know, put their name in and disappeared, as you say, in the uh, portal. What, what's going to happen to them when and, and basically their college career is over? Well, and I mean, Brad Underwood said this before publicly. He said this on, on the stage here at the Esquire. I mean, you basically have to re-recruit your roster, uh, I mean, every off season, and I'm sure... Once Illinois season ends, whether it's Thursday in, in Des Moines or Monday, April 3rd, cutting down the nets in Houston with Scott Ritchie in tow for plenty of coverage at newsgazette.com and linehq.com, I mean, you're, you're looking at decisions where, yes, Coleman Hawkins could enter the draft. Could he also transfer to a different school? Could he go to a school where there's better NIL opportunities? I mean, these are all realities that our college coaches are having to face these days. Uh, I mean... Poor, mi- poor millionaires. Poor, poor millionaires. I don't think there's that many millionaires that co- are college he, athletes. No, I'm talking about the coaches. Oh. I don't feel no. f- bad for the coaches at all. Okay. I really don't. I, mean, I think Coleman's doing okay maybe on the NIL front because I've seen him in a commercial, commercial with Ty yeah. Rogers several times over the Pretty last cool. few days. But the, I, I mean, it's just a, it's a new reality that you're having to prepare for the NCAA tournament and uh, also wondering, okay, what player that I'm currently relying on this year is going to then end up at a different school next year. And I, I don't know that we've talked about it ad nauseum before, whether that's good or bad for college athletics. I think it's bad. It's good for the athletes. It's good for the athletes. And it's reality. It's where oh, we exactly. are for now on. Yep. So get used to it. So I, I don't believe that people care that much about the players. They want their team to be good. So whatever it takes it for the team to be good. I think some teams like Illinois women's team, Got great because it got better because of the. Well, yeah, exactly. Portal. I mean, Illinois women are not in the NCAA tournament this year without going without into the, the portal, transfer portal. Right. They, they, so don't, they don't have Makaira Cook. They don't have Genesis Bryant. They don't have Bryn Shoop Hill. Right. I mean, they're not. We're not talking about them this week. No, we're not, not even close. Not even right. close. If, if they didn't get into the portal, and I'm sure Shauna Green and her staff are going to have to go back in there this off season and, and probably add two to three players. That's just the new reality of of college basketball. Well, and the Illinois men are not in the NCAA tournament without Terrence Shannon and Matthew right. Meyer. No question. The two best players on the team. Bob, you mentioned uh, spring football practice starts uh, next week. It does. And they had pro timing day last Friday. Friday. How was your 40, Bob? I did poorly. I, uh, I, went, I went back. I got negative never, so that's bad. <laughs> I went backwards. But uh, I actually raced Lauren one time in the 40. I think I, think I beat him barely. Lauren's here to beat him barely. up for barely, that. Like barely, by, but like this far. Rematching the streets after the show. Yeah, I, I don't think the bad doesn't work very well. But, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Obviously, the Illinois guys, really, the guys that have been the, in the combine didn't do anything because they really don't need to. They've all, are all been timed except for uh, Devin Witherspoon. His pro day, technically or whatever, is April 4th. He's going to have his own event, which he will – he probably doesn't need to do much. He's got a bad hamstring right now. Not bad, but – Slightly ajar, he'll be fine. He'll be. He's going to be a high pick, top ten, maybe. 
top 20 for sure. So he's fine. The rest of the guys are all going to kind of line up, but I think Illinois going to have their best pro draft in 10, 11 years, which pretty good sign of where the program is going in my mind. Here's one for you. Why do they make the 300-pound offensive and defensive linemen run the 40-yard dash? Or, or jump or vertical leap. Because you see the one guy pulled up pulled up with a hammy. He went down in a heap. And, and what most people that understand pro football will tell you the 10-yard time and 20-yard time is much more important than the 40. But the 40 is just a standard they can find. If you run a great time, which Illinois guys did at the Combine, right? uh, Chase Brown ran a good 40. Sidney Brown ran a good 40. They always got, those guys did well, so they made money. So for them, the 40 is just a, a way to measure against everybody else. But you're right. It's kind of odd. Uh, the pro day that event that's cool to me is the vertical jump because Illinois has got some guys that can really leap. I think they train for that. I think that's probably important when you talk about the defensive back. You have a 40-inch vertical leap. You're going to be pretty good in the NFL. Well, Quan Martin went 44 Correct. inches. So that's, that's a big deal. He made money. He made a lot of money that day by doing that. So that's all because you know if I get in trouble, I can always jump and get the ball. So that's pretty cool. So, Matthew, coming up in the uh, Tuesday edition of the News Gazette, a lot of stuff that you're recapping and and looking ahead as well. I'm yeah, sure. we have uh, full brackets for the men's and women's tournament, full page brackets in uh, in Tuesday's paper, so be sure to uh, cut those out, clip those out, post them to your fridge, fill them out, do whatever you have to do with them. Uh, Wednesday, NCAA tournament preview section as well, and then just kind of see where the week takes us. Uh, it's that time of year where you have a plan, and then you have a backup plan, and you have a contingency plan on that backup plan, so uh, just stay tuned. The women's basketball plays on Wednesday. The men play on Thursday. The baseball and softball teams are scheduled to play their home openers this week as well. Nice weather. And if you hadn't noticed, Scott Ritchie is a trendsetter. Noted in his green shirt and green shoes on the week of St. Patrick's Day. Good job, Scott. He's ahead of the game. Definitely did that on purpose. <laughs> Aaron Grubra. Aaron Grubra. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming tonight at the Esquire WDWS. Champaign-Urbana. We'll be here again next week. Have a good night, everybody.